We're learning Sichis. And as advertised, with Hashem's help, we're going to be learning a Sicha each time we get together. In other words, not learning a complete Sicha, we're learning bits and pieces of a Sicha. I intend, with Hashem's help, that during this winter, we're going to be learning a series of Sichas that at least to me, um, have a pattern, or like a Heshtashlis. They follow one another in sequence. Which means, as you'll see over the next couple of weeks, um, we may not necessarily learn a sicha on the parsha that is the week that we're learning here. Because I want to learn a whole series of classes about Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yankiv and their respective lives. And how the three Aves represent a chain, a Heshtashlis, from level to level, from stage to stage, going higher and higher and higher. Um, showing how the Sefer Bereishas, the book of Genesis, and the story of the others and the Shvatim, leads us to Har Sinai. That's my intent. And of course, if Hashem will help me, we will do it well and successfully. And if Hashem frowns, it will be more frustrating. That's all. Hashem will always help. The question is how revealed the help will be. This is our first class. This is a long sikh, as you can see. It's 12 or 13 pages long, 12 pages long. And it discusses several different issues. One of the issues that lies at the heart of this Sicha is Avraham Avinu. Who was Avraham Avinu? Now, in all my teachings that I do about Avraham Avinu, I have an idea which I frequently mention. And I believe to some degree that idea is based on the Sicha you have in front of you. And that is Avraham Avinu's life can be defined by a variety of stages. Avraham Avinu's life has a number of steps. The first step of Avraham Avinu's life is Avraham Avinu using his mind. Using his intellect to look for God. The second step of Avraham Avinu's life is Avraham Avinu the prophet to whom God revealed himself. The third step of Avraham Avinu's life is Avraham Avinu to whom God gave commandments, instructions, lech lecha, move. The fourth step of Ramavinu's life would be the bris mila, circumcision, to become the akbuli, new person. And the final step of Ramavinu's life is that Ramavinu does the akedah. He's told to slaughter his own son on an offering, on a mizbeach, and the sacrifice that that entailed. And the way I see it is, Avramavinu climbs this ladder through the course of his life, and he gets closer and closer and closer to the Amishtha. But Avramavinu was not only doing it for himself, Avraham Avinu is doing it as the father of our nation. By going through these various stages, and of course, as we all know, Yitzchak's birth was postponed till after the fourth of those five stages. Till after the bris. Means that Yitzchak's birth will be inheriting the initial steps that Avraham Avinu went through during the course of his lifetime. And Yitzchak takes it to the next level through the bris milah and all the rest. And of course, Yitzchak is this holy man who lives in a holy land. Yankov Avinu, who is the third of the office, emits Hashem during the course of this winter, with the help and grace of God, you'll see this quite clearly. Now that Yitzchak achieves complete holiness, starts another process. And that's the process called Golos. And going into Golos is going to take you to an even higher level. This is more or less the thread that I'd like to develop. But this is our first class. And this first class talks about the first step of Avraham Avinu's existence. And the first step of Avraham Avinu's existence is Avram Avinu the intellectual. Avram Avinu the smart guy. Okay? 
let's, let's give ourselves a historical context for Habavi. Avram Avinu was born 292 years after the flood. That's it. The flood was in 1656 from creation. Avram Avinu was born in 1948. When Avram Avinu lived, the flood was a recent memory. Everybody knew about it. In fact, the people who were in the ark were still living. Nayak was still alive. Shame was still alive. We don't know whether Chom uh, and Yefes were still alive, but certainly um, Nayak and Shame were still alive. So the world into which Avraham Avinu was born was, relatively speaking, fresh from this terrible calamity of the flood. Yet, Avraham Avinu emerges into a world which is terribly, terribly pagan. And the reason is, it's a bit involved, but the reason is, because people scattered, Noyach, we assume, and Shame also we assume, was living in Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Canaan. Rabbi Avinu was born in, in Ashur, in Assyria, in, in, in the area of Bavel, Babylon, Kastim. And that was considered far enough away, and as humanity spread out and occupied different parts of the world, the traditions of Avedi Zara that existed before the Mabal were re initiated, were brought back. And Avraham Avinu, who was the 10th generation after Nayach, was born into, born into a family and into a community and into a society that was steeped deeply in paganism. As an, an adult, Avraham would make it to the Holy Land and we have to assume he would meet Nayach. Actually, maybe not Nayach. Nayach was, it says in Chazal, Avraham ben Nayach kishabes Nayach. Avraham was 58 when Nayach passed away. Nayach is the gematria of 58. Avram ben Noach Avram was 58 years old when Noach died. Did Avram meet Noach? That depends on whether Avram was in the Holy Land before 58 years of his life. And the answer to that question is not for sure no. Maybe yes. But he certainly knew shame. He had a relationship with shame. This is a story in the Chumash where shame is mentioned. But Avram Avinu would learn about the history and about God and about the flood later in life. The, the life and the world into which he was born exposed him to the polytheistic many-god idea. You know, he kept the gold gods in the bedroom and the metal gods in the living room and the wooden gods on the front porch because we can afford to buy another one if somebody steals him. And of course, the incredible irony is if a god can be stolen, what kind of god is he? How is he guarding your house if someone can walk off with him? This is the word which Abraham Avinu was born. Avram Avinu went to school like all of his friends. Avram Avinu was incredibly bright, very, very, very smart, and very energetic, and we have to assume pretty popular. But Avram had a problem, a problem which would define his entire life and identity. And that problem was that if Avram didn't understand, he needed an explanation. And when he was taught the things that he was taught in the world in which he lived, Abraham Avinu said, I don't understand. That simple starting point of saying I don't understand is the basis for the entire life and legacy of Abraham Avinu. Because when Abraham looked for answers and found them not, he found that nobody had answers, he realized that he needs to come up with the answers for himself. And he, if you will, rediscovered or reinvented a God that had been known in the world before, Avraham Avinu, in his part of the world, 
brought back the idea of monotheism, one God, an invisible God, an intangible God, a God that on the one hand is nowhere, on the other hand is everywhere. And Avraham Avinu began his life with his mind and his mouth. He analyzed, he thought, and he questioned, and he doubted, and he challenged. That's the story of, you want to understand the story of Ramavinu? That's the story of Ramavinu. Okay? Here is a sikha on a Rambam of all things. Where the Rambam talks about the history of Avedah Zara, the history of idol worship. Because the Rambam has a question, which we all should have. We believe in creation, right? We don't believe in evolution. We don't believe we were once microorganisms, right? We believe that God created us just the way we are. Let me name him, let me name who. Correct? Moreover, we believe that other Madishma was born in Ghanaian. So the question becomes, where did idol worship come from? If man evolved from a chimpanzee, so you can understand how religion developed. But if man was created in the image of God, and the most perfect man to ever exist was the very first one, and he had a first name basis relationship with HaKadosh Baruch, he knew God personally. If humanity was created into a reality that was so God-pervaded, so filled with the Eibishter, when did this change? And then Amma has to explain how Avedizara came from the belief in God. God created the world, God was great, everybody knew it, and the pagans believed that you have to honor those that God honors, and since God honors the angels, we should honor the angels as well. That was the first beginnings of idol worship. But the Rambam has a need to explain to us the history of idol worship because since we believe that God created everything and that man started out being closer to God than he'd ever be later, the question becomes how did idol worship develop? And the answer is that it developed slowly. By the time of Ramavinu came along, it was thoroughly in, uh, entrenched. It took over the world. And Ramavinu fought against it. And when Avraham Avinu fought against it, what was Avraham Avinu's first tool? Take a wild guess. What was Avraham Avinu's first tool that he used in fighting against the traditions? Everything. What are you saying? I said that he destroyed everything. His mind. Where do we see this in the Rambam? Turn to page 14, please. Now, if you're learning a whole sikh in an hour, which is really not an hour, at this point it's half an hour, you need to skim the surface of it. So I underline certain sections. Let's begin to read, okay? Look at what I underline, page 2. Vegan dem gil, about the age, when Avraham, he when Avraham came to know God, Zainadok Hamadeus, there's all kinds of opinions. And the Rebbe brings four opinions. Number one, Ben Gimel. Avraham Avinu was three years old when he discovered God. Number two, Ben Mem. Avraham Avinu was 40 years old when he discovered God. Number three, Ben Mem Ches. Avraham Avinu was 48 when he discovered God. And number four, Ben Nun, he was 50. There's different opinions how old Avraham Avinu was when he came to know the Ebishter. Why? Now, of course, if you think like the Rebbe, or like Hasidus thinks, what are you going to say about these arguments? No, that they're all true. He started at 3, he continued at 40, he continued at 48, and he continued at 50. In other words, it's not an either-or, it's a both. All of them are true of Ram's development of relation with the Abish that goes through all these different stages. 
The question is as follows. The Rambam and Hilches The Rambam, when he discusses idol worship, Zokt says, As ben arboyim shona hiker Avram is Avram Avinu was 40 years old when he got to know God. The Rambam puts the age of Avram Avinu's discovery of God at 40. And you know what the problem is? The Rambam has no source. Look, 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 at, look at the paragraph, yeah? By the words Ben Gimel, there's a 25. By the words Ben Mem, there's no number. By the words Ben Memches, there's a 26. By the words Ben Nun, there's a 27. There are Medrashe Chazal to support the ages of 3, 40, and 50. 48 and 50. There is no Medrash to support the age of 40. The Rambam brings it. Now we're going to assume that the Rambam did not create this number. He didn't invent this number. But that the Rambam had a Medrash which we did not have. There are medrashim which the Rambam had, which we don't have. The Rambam may have had a medrash which at the age of 40. But even if that's true, why would the Rambam choose an obscure medrash, an unknown medrash, rather than the standard medrash? In other words, the Rambam has choices. The Rambam could choose to say, if Rambam was 3 when he discovered God, that Rambam was 40 when he discovered God, he was 48 when he discovered God, or when he was 50 when he discovered God. Why did the Rambam decide to use the age of 40? That's the question. It's a great question. The question is especially serious considering the fact that we don't have such a medrash. The answer, girls, is on page 19. Left column, the third paragraph. In other words, I underlined one, two, three, four paragraphs, order the third paragraph. Benegea. The answer to the question of why Rambam chooses a medrash, which we don't even have, that it says Avram was 40 when discovered God is as follows. Regarding the age of 40, the number 40. Zogan Chazal, it says in Mishnah, When a person turns 40, he becomes understanding. Right? You know the Mishnah, right? Ben Chomish Anum Le Mikra, at 5 you learn Chomish, Ben Esel Le Mishnah, at 10 you learn Mishnah, Ben Shlei Setel Le Mitzvah, at 13 you learn Mitzvah, Ben Chamesh Esel Le Gemara, at 15 you learn Gemara, Ben Shmeine Esel Le Chopi, at 18 you get married, Ben Esim. Lirdev, at 20 you start to run, Ben Shleishim Lepech, at 30 you're strong, Ben Abayim Lebino, Ben Chamechim Leitzah, Ben Shishim Leavidus. The Mishnah goes still 100, remember that Mishnah? But 40 is the age of understanding, Ben Abayim Lebino. The taste, in other words, as Be'eis men degrech dem eltef an Abayim Mishan, when a person turns 40, kump men tzu mitzat tivei, based on human nature, a person reaches to a higher level of understanding. People mature, they wisen, they deepen their intellectual ability to understand when they turn 40. So the Rambam has Medrashim that give different ages for how old of Ramavinu was when he discovered God. And he found some obscure Medrash as 40s. I'm choosing this one. Why? Because the Rambam has a belief. And this belief is important. And the Rambam's belief is that stage one of the life of Ramavinu was defined by his mind. Next paragraph. Their fun is moving. What the Ramam wishes to teach us is as follows. As the Avana Vahakara in Metziah Sabede. Number one, the ability to understand and recognize the Creator. Un in der Shlila Samatziyas Vahakashivas. And negating, denying the form and the importance for Nadava Zulasi is Barach, something other than God. In other words, denying idol worship. So, understanding God and denying idol worship. 
Das heißt, der Rebbe ist ein Indien, was ist verbunden mit Teva von Seichel Hanibra. It is natural to the mind of any creation. You have a brain, you should deduce that there is a God. You have a brain, you should deduce that the idea of more than one God is foolish. Strictly and wholly and entirely intellectually. And the Rambam says, who was Avraham Avinu in the beginning of his life? One of the smartest people ever lived. What did he do with his smarts? He came to discover HaKadosh Baruch. In other words, Nisht an Inyan, versus Hecher von Geder Seichel Anivra, it is not something which is beyond human comprehension, but rather it's completely within the framework of human understanding. Turn to page 20. On my high time, this is the reason. Nemton the Rambam. The Rambam elects to choose the Girsa, this version, from Ben Arboim Shona Hiken as Beda. Ramavin was 40 years old when he discovers God. Valdos is their gil because this is the age when the Akodas, Valvonas, Asechel is Bishlemos, when a person reaches full intellectually akinim. And Avraham, the Rambam chooses this Medesh to teach us. That you should know that you could argue Yiddishkeit al Pisechel alone. You can argue and prove God intellectually alone. This is what the Rambam did. Avram Avinu did because he was that smart and it's reflected in the age of 40. Next underline. Al Pizez Eich Moven. Consistent with this is also understood. Was the Rambam der Mont nicht betchilas halacha? The Rambam fails to mention the beginning of the halacha. As Avram is given Ben Sholosh when Hischel Lachshev the Shaitan the Machshat. Why does Avram say two things? That Avram started to study God when he turned three, and he completed his thesis of God when he turned forty. He tells us Avram when he was forty, we understood the Eibush, but he refuses to mention the idea that it all started when he was very young, three. You know why? He says Avram very simple. Um, four, five lines from the end of the first column, page twenty. If the Rambam would write two things, number one, Avraham Avinu was three when he began to discover God, and number two, he completed his thesis and his theology at the age of forty. People would make a mistake. Avraham Avinu's Yiddishkeit is not based on the nature of his mind alone. Rather, it's supernatural. Higher than wisdom. And the proof is that Zayinik ben Sholish Shalom, who's only three years old, is shame by Im Givena Akkadan al already knew God. So if the Rambam would write two ages, he started to discover God at three and he completed to discover God at 40, we're going to assume that at three years old, God came to him. So the Rambam deletes that number. The Rambam does not mention the Rambam as being young. Why? Because to the Rambam, it's very critical, it's very important, very fundamental that we come to understand Avraham Avinu's early life as an intellectual and that Avraham Avinu's achieving understanding and knowledge of God strictly on the basis of Seichel alone. And therefore, the Rambam gives only one age. Avraham was 40 when he came to know God. He says nothing else. To give us the idea that Avraham Avinu was a smart man. Now look on page 20, second column, by desire. Page 20, please, by the Zion. With this attitude, that Avraham Avinu's life begins strictly intellectual, is that Rambam, Mam Sheikh Rambam continues, later on in the Allah, he is he goes into that length, the great detail, 
ויעזי אברהם, אברהם אבינו, הסחיל להושיב תשובות. He began to give answers to questions. ולערך דין את הקרית דבייטס, אימור מוטגויין, so that he could convince them also to believe what he believed. כיוון שגובר עליהם בין היסף, אברהם אבינו won his debate with proof. ביקש המלך להרגיד the king desired to kill him. So the Rebbe underscores, what was the key point here? Avram Avinu performed miracles? No. The key point is Avram Avinu was incredibly good arguer, very persuasive. He debated people on the question of God and he convinced them. What do you do when you start an argument and you lose it? You beat up the person you're arguing with. So the king desired to kill him the king wished to kill him. Why did the king wish to kill him? Because when you can't fight with the message, attack the messenger. Avram was teaching the truth. Avram Avinu's um, truth could not be defeated, so defeat Avram Avinu. So the Rebbe is saying, what is the Ramam telling us here? Avram Avinu came to God with his mind alone. And Avram Avinu brought God to the world with his mind alone. And then it says, Vihoya Mahalech, he would travel, Vikaden, he would call people, Umakabits, and collect people, Ma'il Ir from city to city, and he brought people back to Derach Emes, to the way of truth. Achinuskapsu Love of Afman Lovas Avramvin had a huge following of thousands and tens of thousands, which are Anche Bay Avram, the members of Ramavina's household, Vihis Vishasa Balibam Ikagadlaze planted in their hearts this idea. So Avramavina was a very successful man during his lifetime. But it began with his mind. And the Ramah wants you to know the early Abraham was just an intellectual. So I want you to think about this psychologically for a moment. It's very, very reasonable. The marble happened. The world was cleaned. Humanity was fresh. All closely related. All descendants of Noach. They began to radiate. Who was the first troublemaker who decided, you know, this God guy is too difficult, he wants us to do mitzvahs, I want to have a good life and not do mitzvahs. And he reintroduced stuff like this, whoever, maybe Nimrod. But they radiated away from Eretz Yisrael, and they went back to their pagan ways. There is no reason not to assume that Avraham was not the first one to challenge these ideas. Why not assume that there was a child or a young adult, call it whatever you want, who also questioned, why are we bowing down to stone? Why are we worshipping all of these many gods and the constellations and all these different things? So there was a boy who had such questions and his mommy put him over her lap and gave him a a few patch with the sun don't shine and said don't be a heretic this is what we believe this is what our fathers taught us no question and the little boy climbed up his mommy's lap and said okay I believe it too yeah? there probably was a little boy who got a beating and said no no I'm not changing my mind and he continued to question and to argue and to doubt and to debate his kids friends beat him up in the park I would imagine Ron Vee was beaten up in the park a few times maybe more than a few he was arrested and put in jail But at a certain point, it got too hot in the kitchen when he walked out. When they wanted to kill him, he said, you know what, forget it. I'll live. Forget it. I will live. Maybe there was even somebody who was prepared to go all the way. 
he asked questions and he was beaten and he was put in jail and he threatened his life and he didn't back down. And he came to a conclusion. The conclusion he came to is nobody knows. Nobody knows the truth. They're all a bunch of liars. Anybody that tells you he knows the story of creation is a liar. Nobody knows. And I don't know either. And for him it ended there. What's the story of Ramavinu? The story of Ramavinu is a story of perseverance. Of stubbornness to the infinite degree. He lived in a world and he asked questions. I love to say this. Avram was not cynical. He didn't make fun of people. But he was critical. He asked a question he wanted an answer. And the answer didn't make sense. He asked it again. It didn't matter how long your white beard was. And if you couldn't answer him, he politely said, thank you, but you haven't explained yourself. And threatening him and saying, I'll kill you and I'll break your hand and you're blaspheming and you're a bad person didn't work with Avram Avinu. He needed to understand in light of this, I would like you to consider the following. This is, like I said, a psychological profile. One of the saddest moments in Avraham Avinu's early life, one of the saddest days in his life, was the day Avraham Avinu discovered that nobody knows. He wasn't happy to show that everybody's wrong. You know Why? Because he wasn't interested in showing that they're wrong. He wasn't even interested in being right. He was simply interested in knowing the truth. And when you discover that nobody knows the truth, and your interest is genuinely the truth itself, that is terribly depressing. Because what do you do now? I want to know the truth and nobody knows. That's not an, that's not an end. I want to know. Savram Avinu invented God or discovered God or rediscovered God. He did it in 15 minutes. Avram Avinu thought for 40 years. You know how long 40 years is? About this one question. That's what Ramam is saying. And nobody was more critical of himself than Avram was. Any idea Avram came up with, he himself would tear it down in a thousand ways. And he refined his ideas, and refined his ideas, and refined his ideas. And when Avram turned 40, Avram Avinu said, Eureka, I understand. I know the truth. I know this truth because I spent these 40 years, or whatever number of years it was, questioning and doubting and studying and criticizing and tearing down and building back up and tearing down and building back up. I found God. The moment... Avraham Avinu felt like he discovered God. It must have been one of the happiest moments of his life. Just like discovering that nobody knows was a sad moment, having clarity was a happy moment. And this has nothing to do with the ego. It's not because, oh, now I'm smarter than everybody else. It's because discovering the truth is its own reward. Now, parenthesis. Where does he tell It's not holiness. It's intellectualism. He, he looked at the world and he allowed the world to teach him its source, its origins. Parenthesis. There was a later moment of Avinu's life where God would talk to him and he'd become a prophet. Certainly that was an incredible moment. Why? First of all, it confirmed for Avraham Avinu that the ideas that he had understood intellectually were in fact true. 
And second of all, it's, it's good to have company. <laughs> now he wasn't alone. There was an Abishta supporting, as you put it before, feeling a holiness, which supported the intellectual ideas that he discussed on his own, figured out on his own. Now, what happened between these two points? What happened between when Abraham Avinu felt like he had God figured out and the Abishta came and showed himself to him? No, no. It was a very subtle event, a very gradual event, because as the Rebbe is teaching us in the Sikhe, it was a strictly intellectual idea. There's no inspiration here. It's Avraham Anazov. What happened between point A and point B was a simple thing. Avraham Avinu went around and convinced the whole world that he knew the truth and that they should believe what he believed. He was the first proselytizer, the first agitator, the first shliach. He felt that it was his duty to share this truth with the whole world. Not because it was his because it was true. People didn't like it. According to some commentators, you know why Avraham Avinu lived in Canaan? According to some commentators, you know why Avraham Avinu lived in Canaan? Because the people of Canaan were primitive. The people of Canaan are what we would call today the third world. And they were able to put up with a Meshuggah like Avraham Avinu. <laughs> the intellectual world, the elite world, which was at Amarayim, Kuta, Choron, Kastim, they threw them out. Because you couldn't, couldn't, you couldn't control this guy. He can say whatever he wants, anytime he wants, and there's no way to know what's coming out of his mouth. He says what he thinks is true, even if it destroys every principle in which the society is built. Canaan, people were so primitive, they can tolerate them as sugar like Avraham Avinu also. And Avraham Avinu undertook to teach the whole world that Avraham says that he, he had thousands and tens of thousands of followers during his physical lifetime who came to see things his way. But the sikh is not finished. The sikh is not finished. The sikh until this point taught us something that I consider very, very important. Number one, Judaism can be corroborated based on intellectualism. Number two, the father of our nation started his process from the bottom. He was first of all an intellectual and then he grew from being an intellectual to higher and higher ideas, to higher and higher endeavors. But the sikh is not finished. Why? Because what happens next? What happens next? Avraham Avinu uses his mind to come to the conclusion of the truth and share it with the world. He has a child, and his child has a child, whose child has 12 children. And then, they go into Golas, and this entire edifice is broken down. By whom? Who broke down everything of Rabbi had built up? God. Who put Yaakov's children in Golos? Right? Look on page 21. The question remains. What does it say later? After we became a whole nation, that knows God, we were sent into Egypt, and everything Avraham built up, that Yitzchak compounded, and Yankov compounded further, God Almighty took apart piece by piece. We spent so much time in Egypt. I'm reading only the underline, page 21. We began to follow, to learn from the Canaan, from the Mitzrayim, from the Egyptians. To worship. Idols like them, Ukamat cut, and it almost completely uprooted. In a short period of time, the entire tree that Avraham Avin had planted would have been uprooted. 
So the Rebbe said, I don't understand. Abraham Avinu discovers God to have God destroy it. What happens later? Hashem sends Moshe Rabbeinu and saves us. Had he not sent Moshe Rabbeinu, we would have been destroyed. Right? Look at page 22 at the top, please. 22 at the top. Hashem loves us. Also, He created Moshe Rabbeinu was the master of all the prophets. Vishalchay and sent him to Hos. And Kivan Shinisnaba Mesha Rabbeinu. Mesha Rabbeinu became a prophet. Almighty chose the Jewish nation. He crowned us with his commandments. He taught us how to serve him and so forth and so on. I, I don't get this, says the Rebbe. One man discovers you, and if I had more time, I could dramatize this. But Avraham Avinu was literally one man. There will never be another Abraham. Never. Not before and not after. The Satan, in the beginning of the book of Job, meets God on Rosh Hashanah. And God says to the Satan, what do you think of Job, of Eve? And the Satan says to the Ebishter, I know my customers. The Satan, the Satan himself. I can promise you one thing. He's no Abraham. And the whole book of Eve is testing Eve to see whether or not he is an Abraham and to discover that he's not. The Satan tells God, I don't like the Jews either. But I promise you one thing. You will never get another Avraham Avinu. So if you want a nation to be descendants of a one man who discovered you and dedicated himself to you to, to till death and beyond, don't look anyplace. Because it's not happening again. Avraham was one, there'll never be another Abraham. Period. The end. The point is Avraham is so unique. So incredibly unique. Not only did he discover God by himself, he should all the world. Hashem, what did Hashem do in Avraham Avinu's life? He tripped him up and tripped him up and tripped him up. If the, the, the biggest enemy of God in the story of Abraham is God. He tested him ten times. You know what tests means? God gave Avraham Avinu ten reasons to say, where's God? Where is this God that I believe and worship? How come he's not helping me? And God didn't do anything. And what did Avraham Avinu do? He remained loyal. Incredible man, yeah? Take his grandchildren and you basically throw them right back into the world that Romavir came from and then Moshe has to save him. What's going on here? So we read the second paragraph, page 22, which teaches us girls the second lesson. Dermit, derambam, dermit, madish. Dermit teaches us two opposite lessons. On the one hand, listen carefully. The phenomenon of idol worship and its various forms of worship. In whatever time. I'm only reading what I underlined. Hotnish Kemetzias is not true. Every human being can understand with his own mind. We could all understand rationally, logically, intellectually. There is a God. He is imminent, we should worship only him and pray only to him. And this idea that you can intellectually argue, God is mitzad teva seichel adam. It's part of the nature of the human mind. Next paragraph. Ober, at the same time. Tzazam demit, at the same time. Muzmen wissen, a person needs to know, azmen kenzech nisht farlozen. You cannot rely 
In other words, buying a demolite. You cannot be a Jew by proof alone, by intellectualism alone. What's the proof? Avraham Avinu discovered God. He passed it along to his children. And his children slowly lost it. That one's mind should be the only foundation to to refrain from idol worship. And to know God and serve Him is not enough. How do you know this? What happened to Ramavino's descendants? Although we had become a nation that because of who we were and who our genetics was, we came from Ramavino, we knew God. We were in Egypt for a long time. And we again went back to the ways of idol worship. This becomes the second lesson. The first lesson is you begin your journey in relationship with, God to, with your mind. But the second lesson is it cannot end there. You have to make what's called a leap of faith. Now in the secular world, the words leap of faith are seen pejoratively. They're used in a negative light. But we use the words leap of faith in a very, very positive light. The leap of faith means you must always go beyond the idea that my connection to Hashem is based on my mind and you have a connection to based on your Neshama. You know why Avram descendants didn't make it? Because they were doing what Avram Avinu did, using their minds. Not enough. After your mind, you have to go to your soul. Next paragraph, please. To forewarn one from falling into pagan ways. They needed to rely or to depend to them on another idea altogether. God loves us. We created a leader like Meisha Rabbeinu, who's Abba Shalkal and Avim, the master of all the prophets, Vishalchi and sent him. There was a prophet. God chose his nation as his personal lot. He crowned them with mitzvahs. And he taught them the ways of service. Thus haste, in other words. As their kiyum, that in order to survive as a nation of Jews, it cannot be, I understand, I have proof, it makes sense to be, but there must be the transcendence of that, is given mitzatzivi Hashem, because Hashem commanded us to do it. In other words, yes, it starts with the mind. You know why it starts with the mind? Because the mind will bear out God. If you're objective, your mind will say there is a God. That Al-Bag writes, Al-Bag was one of the famous Jewish philosophers. He asked, how come there's so many atheists and agnostics and heretics in the world? And that Al-Bag's answer is because people are less than sufficiently intelligent. They're not smart enough. He says, the smarter people are, the more likely they are to come to God. Now you look at the world around you, and the argument is that the smartest people in the world are all atheists. And the answer is, yeah, they're smart. Compared to us. But to compare to what true intelligence is, if they would be ten times as smart as they are, or a hundred times as smart as they are, they would all be believers. Because the mind will bring to God. He says, but it cannot end there. Then there needs to be the idea of acceptance. And the story of Mitzrayim reveals this. And the story of Yetzias Mitzrayim and Matan Torah develops this. If you look on page 22, uh, the left column, the bottom of the page, I just want to read, I'm, I'm finishing, I just want to read two things, Aleph and Beis. Aleph. You see what I'm reading on the left side of the page? Aleph. 
Der Chet von Avedezar is an Inyan, was is Mufrach Eich Mitzad Seichel Adam. Not worshipping idols makes sense logically. And a person has to intellectually understand that the only way to live is to serve one God, not to be pagan. It makes sense. Base. I skipped a little bit. On the other hand, as their kill from the midst of the pale, to have a relationship with God, which means to do his mitzvahs. In fact, it can't be based only on your mind alone. It has to have an element of higher than reason. So Avraham represents stage one. What is stage one? The invention of a Jew by the Jew. And he starts off with his mind alone. Mitzrayim and Yitzias Mitzrayim represents stage two. Now you'll see that stage one is going to have many, many, we're going to have a lot of classes. Talking about Avraham and Yitzchak and Yankim and so on. But stage two is that the preservation of this Jew is the, is the element of faith. It's higher than reason. And for this, you have to have Mitzrayim, and Yitzhiyah, Mitzrayim, and Matam Teva. I want to finish with a story, and then I'll let you ask your question. I saw this in a book by a chassid named Pelov. He claims that he heard it, that the Alter Rebbe said it. But that's neither here nor there. Harav Chaim, Mordechai HaKoyen Pelov writes in a sefer that the Alter Rebbe said that when Socrates died, Socrates was killed by Kiddush Hashem, for those who do not know. Socrates was a Greek philosopher who, um, who over the course of his life, he was a brilliant man, uh, concluded that there's one God, and he went around the streets of Athens and announced it. And of course, that was a terrible thing to do, because everybody was polytheistic and so on, and he was asked to take it back, and he refused. So they put him in jail, and they gave him two choices. Either he takes it back, or he takes the hemlock. He drinks poison, kills himself. And he refused to take it back. He said, I'm either going to live by my principles or you're going to be forced to kill me. He dragged the hemlock and he died. In other words, Socrates was killed by Kiddush Hashem for his belief in one God. So, the Alter Rebbe said, this is the story. When Socrates came to heaven, he said he wants to have a room right next to Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu dedicated his life to the belief in one God. He was thrown into a furnace. God made a miracle and he survived. Socrates gave away his life and believed in one God. He drank poison. God did not make a miracle and he died. So, that's God's business. But as Socrates claimed, I deserve to be next to Avraham Avinu because I did the same degree of sacrifice that Avraham Avinu did. And the heavens told him, you're a nice guy and we're going to give you a portion of Elam Haba, but nowhere next to Avraham Avinu for a very simple reason. You died because of what you believed. Avraham Avinu died because of the truth. You died because you understood this to be true. Avraham Avinu got past that. Avraham Avinu was no longer about him. I'm smart. I figured it out. But because it was the truth. And the Rebbe wants us to learn this lesson in this sikh. You start out using your mind. But it's not allowed to finish that way. It has to, we have to transcend it. And if we don't transcend, we're in a lot of trouble. 